a heart. But if it ever gets here, it's only a short distance to my feet. And I think that's what, and I humbly as a beggar share with you, and I, I've, been the, I've, I've been in the role of a pastor, I think we have been saying, thus saith the Lord in America, in America, in America, and we've saying go and do, but I think we don't talk about the heart enough. Because when, you, when your affections, Jonathan Edwards wrote a treatise called Religious Affections, check it out. When, when you talk about, when you've been affected by the word of God, and, it, and, and it's in here, it can't help but come out. Because he has your heart. And what are we told in that, that great commandment to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I want you to think about those areas. Your mind, your heart, and your will. Now look at verse 23. I said that this is what we were going to focus on today. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. In Hebrew, it literally comes out this way. With all diligence, keep your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. Now, the word keep, it refers to the action of guarding someone closely. Just as an officer or a warden might, might keep watch over a prisoner. Not only are we to keep our heart, but we're to keep it with all vigilance or, or, or diligence. It literally means more than anything that might be guarded. And it's used here to intensify the command or the, the command to guard. Now, in Hebrew tradition, the word keep is, some, some scholars would say, set a, set a double door. You know, those doors provide a barrier from this room to that room. In the Hebrew tradition, many of their scholars would say to emphasize, to teach this, not only have a single door protecting your heart, not letting anything in or not letting the world in, but set a double door with all vigilance. Whatever it takes, keep your heart, guard your heart. Why? Because everything you do flows. So if that's the case, how important is the heart and our understanding of the heart? How do you keep your heart with all diligence? Three things. Again, the mind, the heart, the affections. The mind, the place of knowledge. Let's talk about that for a minute. I don't want you to answer out loud, but in your own conversation between you and the Lord and the Spirit of God that lives in you, how much time do you spend in the Word of God? How much time do I spend in the Word of God? If everything we do flows from our heart... And we're commanded this profound verse that's, that's here in Proverbs 4, 23. To, to keep our heart with all vigilance for everything we do flows from it. And I believe Flavel's not saying anything more than what Scripture teaches. That to keep our heart, the truth of God's word must first travel through our mind. 
Where is the young man that gave testimony, his baptism? Is he here today? Did you hear that young man declare truth? You could tell that he has thought about what he's done and what God has done. You could tell. And it just, he just testified, testified, testified. The truth of God's word entered his mind. And it didn't stay there. It traveled to his heart. And it affected him. His affections were, were, were uh, impacted. And he followed the Lord in baptism, the command to be baptized. It was a beautiful testimony of what God has done and is doing in his life. And I praise God for his obedience. The mind is the place of knowledge. Listen, the enemy has been battling for our minds since we were born. He wants to control what you think. He wants to control what enters your mind. We are warned, we are exhorted to guard our heart, to keep it with all diligence, double doors, whatever it takes. Keep your heart because everything we do will flow from it. Our who would have ever thought three years ago we would, have the la we would have the last three years in America like we've had? Our response to anything that's happened in the past and our response to anything that will happen in the future has everything to do with how we keep our heart. Because everything we do flows from it. Again, the mind is the place of knowledge. Isaiah 20, 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you want perfect peace? It's possible now. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 7, 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, so then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Romans 8, 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. The mind. The mind. There's so much noise in the world today, isn't there? I submit to you as a fellow beggar that a lot of times our battle is a noisy soul. We have a noisy souls. We have noisy minds because there's just so much coming at us. And I would, I would submit to you in my own life, and I'm a work in progress, but I submit to you to the extent that you keep your mind and guard your heart and you're intentional about that will be the extent of how noisy your head is and your heart is and your life is. We can't run from this, folks. The way God made us, the truth of God's word has to enter here. He's given us that. And he's given us that affections, the place, the heart, 
And he's called us to go love him and love others and make disciples. And we can do that. If we're not careful, the noise gets in the way. The noise gets in the way. So protect your mind. I saw this, and and if you don't mind, I just want to read it to you. It says, many people today don't realize that the reason that they're not happy, the reason they're not enjoying life is simply because they've trained their minds in the wrong direction. They've trained their minds to worry. They've trained their minds to complain. They've trained their minds to see the negative. But just as you can form these negative mindsets, you can retrain your mind according to the Word of God and form godly mindsets. I believe one of the main keys to retraining your mind and developing a positive attitude is learning to stay grateful. When you stay grateful, you are focusing on what's right rather than what's wrong. The seed of the word takes root in the good ground of your heart. This doesn't happen automatically. You have to discipline yourself. Keeping your heart takes discipline. Living a godly life this side of heaven takes discipline. But it's a privileged discipline, isn't it? Because that's what God's called us to do. And we have a relationship with God in Christ Jesus. You have to make a conscious effort every single day until you form these habits. Remember, when you live with an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, you are shielding yourself from the attacks of the enemy. The seeds of discouragement cannot take root in a grateful heart. Neither can bitterness, envy, or strife. So today, retrain your mind and be empowered with his strength to overcome sin in every area of your life. The mind. Again, how do we keep our heart? We have to fill it with the word of God. Secondly, the heart. The heart. We need to understand what the heart is. In the Bible, there are probably five different contexts for heart, and they mean different things. In this passage of Scripture, keep your heart with all diligence for everything you do flows from it. The heart is the command center of the soul, the mind, and the affections. It's the inner man. It's who you are. Keeping the heart. But we got to understand the context here. You see, in Hebrew tradition, obviously, in, in our tradition, the heart is an internal organ. It's the heart. It's, it's the organ that pumps the blood throughout the body. But also, in some context, particularly Romans one twenty one, the heart is referencing understanding. Listen to this. Many of you have read Romans. It says in verse 21, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their understanding was darkened. And in many ways, that's what we're seeing in the world today. Some of the things that are going on in the church, some of the subjects that we're debating in the church... If we're not careful, our foolish hearts can be darkened. 
our understanding. The heart can also be thirdly in reference to our memory. Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my heart. Well, how do you hide the word of God in, it's, well, it's not talking about the internal organ, it's talking about the memory. Thy word have I hid in my memory that I might not sin against you. And that goes back to Flavel's statement, the truth of God's word must first travel to your mind and then to your heart and then out of your will. The fourth context is the conscience, 1 John 3, 20. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. So the heart in some passages of scripture can reference the conscience. And then lastly, the whole soul or inner man. And that's what Proverbs 4, 23 is talking about. Keep your whole soul, keep your inner man with all diligence for everything you do flows from it. How many of you have ever heard of John Bunyan? He wrote Pilgrim's Progress. By the way, read that with your kids. There's a great children's study, Pilgrim's Progress. But he also wrote another book, and it's called The Holy War. And this is what he says about the heart in holy war. And he's, remember, he uses metaphors to teach truth. So this is what he said. He said, there is reared up in the midst of Mansul, a place, a most famous and stately palace. For strength, it may be called a castle. For pleasantness, a paradise. And for largeness, a place so copious as to contain all the world. This palace the king intends, but for himself alone, and not another with him. And he commits the keeping of that palace day and night to the man of the town. And what he's teaching in this book is that palace is your heart. Your heart. God made our hearts for his abode. Amen? And that's a privilege that every one of us carry as children of God. God made your heart for his home. St. Augustine, I believe, is the one that said, Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in the Lord. The truth of God's word must first travel to our mind if we're going to keep our heart. And it doesn't stay there. Then it travels to our heart, which is the place of affection. And lastly, to our will, which is the place of doing. These are all connected. Look back at the text. Listen to this, Father, in verse 20. My son, be attentive. How do you keep your heart? Be attentive. Incline your things. When you attend life group, when you, when you attend corporate worship, when we do life together, you are being attentive. You're inclining your ear to the things of the Lord. When our worship pastor leads us in worship with his team, we are being attentive. 
We are inclining our hearts to the things that are on the screen, to the, to the Lord himself. He says, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Listen to this language. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your where? Heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for everything you do flows from it. And I will tell you, my life is now lived just as a brother, a fellow beggar, in my own walk with the Lord, in my own sanctification, and the struggles along the way, this is what I'm trying to figure out all the time. Keeping my heart. Because everything I do will flow from it. For the rest of my days on earth, this side of heaven, until the Lord calls me home, until he sends Jesus to come get his church, that's my purpose and plan, and that's my desire for my family. Because everything we do flows from it. Now, I want to bring it close to home for us as we close. For the rest of your days on earth, as you walk with the Lord, as your brother in Christ, I want to encourage and challenge every one of you to become a doctor of your mind. Become a doctor of your heart. Become a doctor of your will. And you know what will happen? Your relationship will, with God will be affected in proportion to your time in the word. Your embracing of that word and your doing of that word. Amen? But listen to this. Obviously, it starts with the Lord. Your relationship with your spouse, if you're married, or young people one day when you get married, Lord willing, your relationship with your spouse will be affected in direct proportion to your time in the Word, your embracing of that Word, and your doing of that Word. Your relationship with your family will be affected in direct proportion to your time in the Word, your embracing of that Word, and your doing of that Word. The health of this church, Grace Bible Church, and every local church will be affected in direct proportion to every member owning and desiring to be in the Word, to embrace the Word, and to do the word. Your relationship with others, your co-workers, the community, who you hang out with, will be affected in direct proportion to your embracing of the word, excuse me, to your time in the word, your embracing of that word and your doing of the word. The health of Lake Jackson and Freeport and Brazoria County and the state of Texas and the United States will be directed and impacted in direct proportion to how much each of us get into the word embrace that word 
and do that word. And then lastly, your response to the present and future will be affected in direct proportion to your time in the word, your embracing of that word, and your doing of that word. Now my goal today was to just maybe I felt like the Lord was saying encourage them to think about these things. Your mind fill it with the word of God. Your heart embrace the word of God and your feet do the word of God. That's what Paul's telling the church at Ephesus. This is what God has done. Fill your mind with it. Embrace it. And if you ever embrace it, you'll do it. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you for this church family for those who make up Grace Bible Church. We thank you for our leadership and their desire in leading us through the book of Ephesians. God, help us to live a life according to the word of God. Thank you for making it possible, for giving us the word, for enabling us to implant that word in our hearts. Do that, Father. And then giving us the power by your Holy Spirit to do that word. God, I pray if there are any here that have never trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That they would repent of their sin and trust you. God, we love you and we thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. To be back here if anybody would like to talk more or if you would like to have someone pray with you. Uh, I'll be back in the corner. I'd love to meet with you and talk with you about anything that you might have heard or anything that the Spirit of God might have shared with you. And for those of you that would like, I have put together some bracelets. Take them if you want them. If you don't want them, that's fine. But it's a friendly reminder, Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart. Uh, you're welcome to them. Thank you.